0: so i'm so f-ed up i i don't know when this is gonna end i have another 40 miles to ride like i'm f- f- i what the f- this is the bike pack racing podcast with ezra ward packard and andrew anerma welcome back to the bike pack racing podcast i am your host ezra ward packard And it's a rare occasion, but this time I'm actually joined by Andrew Anima. And we have a guest. Like, this doesn't happen much. Hell yeah. You're sometimes host, Andrew. Happy to be here. Um,
1: Yeah, man. I'm really excited. And then we have have Hannah here. I'll let you finish
0: your intro. Thanks, bud. Thanks, bud. Our guest today, um, we've been trying to get her on the podcast for a few months at this point. but she might just be the most prolific bike pack racer, bike racer in the bike pack racing scene out there because it really does seem like Hannah. I'm going to mess up this last name. Don't know. Don't know. You did it great. You did great. There we go. There great. we go. Yeah. You nailed nailed it. It. Is kind of doing something every single weekend. Just looking back at the past two months, A victory at north to south colorado we were trying to get around the podcast about the time when we finally caught up with andrew about his victory and then it was like the next weekend into a bike packing like casual trip a few weeks later it was into gravel worlds and now we're going out this weekend and reconning smoke and fire so hannah first question like how do you maintain this volume of like racing and travel and all this stuff? Because it really is impressive. Um, if you don't follow Hannah on her Instagram, Ham Donut, you can follow along. Great Instagram handle. We'll get into that, but thank like, you. Talk about your schedule a little bit because it seems kind of hectic.
2: Um, this hi yeah this summer has been bananas, and um, because part of it is I co run a gender expansive gravel team, Wild Composite Racing. And so we have, like, our schedule of races. And so that's, like, Gravel World. We were at Grounded, uh, Mid-South, and grinduro earlier this year. So, like, there are these really amazing chances to, like, build community and, like, savor community. And then there's, like, the silly things, like, bike packing racing that I do on the side. Um, so it ends up being pretty crammed. Um, yeah, the summer was, like, kind of bananas between, like, grounded was the weekend before north south colorado and i was like that's gonna be fine uh i wouldn't recommend it necessarily but um it was really fun because it was great to like see everybody and then go to north south feeling like okay i can like spend some time with my by myself for a few days
0: and so. is this like schedule like a normal schedule for you is this what you've done previous years or is this kind of like a one-off sort of thing
2: yeah, this, this is not a normal thing. Um, last year, I don't know that like, I can't even remember what, I think last year I like just did SBT gravel okay. um, and then did big lonely in October. Um, but this year, I think with like all of the races happening again, that like have been like postponed through COVID and like all of these kind of like backlog of plans that have like been trying to happen for a while, have all just like kind of come to fruition in a tight time span, which has been really good. Um it's felt really fun to like get to do all of those things.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. So we'll eventually get to North to South Colorado, which is why we originally kind of wanted you to have uh, have you on the bike pack racing podcast, but I guess let's start way back at the beginning. Um are you also from Wisconsin?
2: Yes, which I can tell you are because of the way you sound. Um but <laughs> where in Wisconsin are you from?
0: I am from Lake Geneva, so way okay. far south because.
3: Culturally <laughs> Illinois?
0: Yeah. Mm, I mean, the locals aren't, but you know, everyone else there. So 75% yeah. yes. Yeah. 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 I was doing Thank my you. like, you know, pre interview kind of stalking and I pulled up your 2015 divide track leaders is one of the first things that kind of popped up. And yeah. I was like, wait for some reason I totally thought that you were like born and raised in salt Lake. And then I saw Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. And I was like, and then will the previous guest on the show was also like low key from Northern Wisconsin. I'm like, Oh, and I'm like, this is bizarre. This is like the Um. second guest in a row that we've had. Who's from Wisconsin and then has moved out West. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I guess my question is talk about that upbringing. How did you get into cycling? What did the athletic, beginnings of Hannah look like back in good old Fond du Lac Wisconsin
2: oh can I tell you I'm so glad there are like no photos of me from high school um
1: <laughs> and this- I love that you start with a laugh by the way you're like you're oh, underselling man. yourself immediately by laughing
2: well it's just because I feel like there are a lot of people who are like I grew up as this like really sporty bean and they like have like you know they were like doing the most from like a very young age Um, I was a theater kid. And so I was like mostly doing theater in high school and also like played soccer and rugby. Um, And then started riding like a little bit in high school, but really um, in college, like there was a group of women who were like really encouraging and who like were like, come ride with us. Like, let's go ride. And like all road riding um, all through central Maine. And that was where I was like, oh, like riding far is really fun and it's fun to like feel strong at that so that I can enjoy it more um and so it really wasn't until college that I like started riding a lot or like a little bit compared to now um at the time it felt like a lot at the time like a 20 mile loop you're like oh that was a good ride but uh yeah really not till college and like the few years after started just like riding more and more and then doing more and more dirt um.
1: Yeah. What What was that first bike? Were you able to get on dirt with that first bike, or did you have to make an effort to get a different bike to allow you to go on dirt?
3: Yeah, the
2: latter. I my first bike was a like LeMond road bike, uh, which I got from Attitude Sports in Fond du Lac. Um, and that was like the bike I had forever until I moved to Utah. Um, but I did get a, like. I got like a cross bike off Craigslist that I would like rip around on some of the trails in Maine, um, which was pretty fun. And then like, and then built up a bike for the divide in 2015, um, which was like, oh, this is a monster truck. I can go anywhere. Um, I was super fun.
0: Like from the outside, like not knowing you super well, when I just like see your Instagram, right, it seems like your life has a lot of bikes in it, right? Yeah, like, yeah would you agree that like cycling bikes is one of the most important kind of thread lines through your life and kind of like, when did that take over? You started in college Were you hooked immediately and like, I'm moving out to salt Lake because I want to be out West where there is a little bit more of a bustling cycling culture. No offense to Wisconsin, no offense to Fond du Lac. I've done some tour of America's <laughs> Dairyland road races up there, all there way back on. in the day. <laughs> Beautiful it's hill. very much like you go out West to these cities and it's like very much part of the identity of the city. Was that something that you were like searching out after college? I guess like, how did you end up out West? How did you end up being so obsessed with bikes?
2: Yeah. Um, I think two separate answers. Bikes became very quickly, like a pretty big part of a lot of like foundational relationships in my life. Um, a lot of like community built through bikes, a lot of like strong friendships, um, and a lot of like community, not like outreach, but like feeling like there was like a bigger purpose to the world when like creating community on bike. Um, And so that became really important and really good to chase. I moved out to Utah on a whim. Um, I was moving, I was working seasonally for a long time. I was guiding backpacking trips in the summers and then was like trying to figure out what to do in the winters. And ended up here like largely by chance and on the invitation of a friend in 2015 and, then I was like okay cool that was a season went back led another backpacking trip and then was like oh, i think i'm gonna go back to utah uh and had a really wonderful community of friends to like kind of welcome me back um and like provide me with community and like a place to live and um they were really instrumental that winter and like my feeling settled here and feeling really connected um and then yeah i kept kind of trying to leave but then i was like no i think i live here um like this is home this is where my people are and bikes have like really really built up through that time too like i attended the what was then wtf bike explorers gravel camp in arizona in 2020 um sarah swallow hosted and met so many people through that and then was like invited onto the gravel team um which is now wild composite racing there's been like a few evolutions but so that's just been like bikes have become more and more what i do in like kind of the passion pursuits
1: so I guess one of my first questions, sorry, is what did, cause I lived in Utah for like four years in total. Yeah. I was there for a year, left for Alaska for a while, went back to Arkansas, then I spent three years in Utah and I was very focused on the winter side of things. So how did you feel your first winter in Utah? Cause it sounds like you left the first time and then you came back and you're like, oh, I'm gonna stick around. Yeah. What What the hell do you do in Utah in the winter if you mostly care about bikes?
2: Um, I Nordic ski a ton. Um, my second winter here. my first winter was just like I was still biking a lot. A friend and I would go down south like most weekends, um and we'd like travel a bunch all through the winter to like keep riding. But the second winter, I was like, I think I have to learn to downhill ski. um and like a very gracious friend taught me to ski. uh, nice. And so like, some downhill skiing, and then there's like a ton of really, really great Nordic skiing, okay. really close. So like that's been huge too.
1: And what area was that? Where did you downhill ski, and where was the Nordic skiing at?
2: Um, Nordic skiing, there's just a ton around Park City. Um, okay. So there's like Round Valley tra- Trail system, which Mountain Trails Federation or Foundation runs. Um, that's like a mixed use trail system, and then uh, like Mountain Dell East Canyon, which is really good road climb in the summer, and then a really fun ski up in the winter. Yeah. Um, nice and i've skied mostly like park city and canyons because that's what's close
1: okay but i got you and then for cycling in the winter were you going down towards moab or more like st george area
2: more st george um i was road riding a lot more that winter and so would like go down mostly towards st george and then like a couple trips to moab
1: nice okay cool
0: yeah so then that summer was the first summer that you did the divide um how do you start bike pack racing? How did the divide get on your radar? Did, was it one of these instances where you're just like, we're going straight to the big one? Or was it, there a gradual buildup to it?
2: No, no, no. Very bad at moderation. Um, a friend and I, a friend of my roommate when I was living in Minneapolis, uh, there were like four of us at like the Surly Tap Room one night. And we were just talking about like what we were doing that summer. And I would like come across the Idea of the tour divide a couple of years earlier, but was always like, Oh, I'm always leading trips, like that's not gonna pan out. Um, and then over a few beers we got to talking, and then we're <laughs> like, Yeah, I think that sounds really fun. We should do it. And then we were able to get like a ton of support. Like Trader Cycles gave us frames and like had a ton of support from folks and like working with um Angry Catfish Bike Shop in Minneapolis, and like just people were like very stoked. They're like, You all are like 22 and like don't know what you're doing but you're very excited um and yeah you know did like a few like shakeout rides um there's like such beautiful gravel um in like southeastern minnesota
3: <laughs> but, yeah just did it just
0: figured it out so how like um, how many months were in between you know you just drinking beers with the friends until we're like and you did the grand apart that year correct so how many no months? we
2: did like itts because okay. i was working through grand apart um it was like like six months seven months okay um i've heard crazier i've heard crazier i've heard worse yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah it was really we just like we got so much support which was so incredible to like be able to pull that off so young because we're like we don't like have money to build up a bike like we don't Mm -hmm. like you know we're all like we're like scrounging ebay for parts and trying to put stuff together but um got like a ton of the help from friends and like family friends of just like who are like We're really excited that you're doing this and like i think that trip really started for me because like this is going to be a tangent but the um the notion of like use of instagram particularly as like i'm doing this thing alone and so like, if I take this picture and put it on social media, like I can share this moment with you because like, mm-hmm. I'm just here by myself. I don't have someone in this moment to be like, oh my God, this view is amazing. Or like, this is the best milkshake I've ever had. Yeah. Um. And so to be like able to share that through a really easy means like Instagram um, became like really fun to do like over the course of that summer.
1: Super cool. So did you pitch anything in particular before the tour divide to companies did you do a gofundme or anything or is it really just family and friends that you just talked about a little bit and everybody collectively helped pull it off yeah
2: it was really like brands and none really like and now like working kind of on the more marketing side like mm-hmm. i know more about the side of things but at the time yeah. it was there weren't any like deliverables it was just like
3: yeah
2: you're young and excited and we want to support you kids yeah. um and um the minneapolis bike community being really positive and really like well connected and so like having a few kind of instrumental friends there who are able to like make those connections to different brands um yeah was really helpful
0: also just like doing it in 2015 i feel like the tour divide you go to most bike shops and people are gonna like know what it is and like yeah. have heard of it have you know seen ride the divide have seen a Lale wilcox film about it have seen other content about it but back in 2015 like It definitely wasn't on my radar. And I was very much in the cycling scene at 2015, almost more than I am now. Like it was just like, Mm. that was my life entirely. And I didn't pay attention to bikepack racing. I didn't, you know, that was early days of bikepacking.com and early days of any coverage. So like the more that people like do these big events, I don't want to say it like takes away from the accomplishment of it back in 2015 you're 22 years old and you're gonna go on a 2700 mile bike (laughs) ride from banff to antelope wells like that's kind of yeah. my parents were really nervous
3: (laughs) yeah like that's kind
0: of like mind-blowing where now you know like there more people have done it there's so much more information like there's so much less of that like scary unknown factor about it so
2: i think it's i don't know if there's less but it's it's different there's i think there's there can be too much information about sections. And so like people have this, they're like, oh, like, yeah, like Coco claims. I know. I know about the hike a bike on Coco claims, Um, which wasn't in the route in 2015, by the way, and it's terrible. Um, (laughs) But, you know, people like know these sections, but there's maybe other things that catch them by surprise or there's overanalyzation of like, what is the like correct tire? And you're like, maybe we all just ride our bikes a little bit more. And that like that's maybe the thing to focus on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt quick tangent, but like you mentioned your parents being worried, did oh, they, yeah. did they Aren't give any, worried? Oh, hundred percent. I wanted. I want to hear about what they thought was a good idea to help make you safer. Did they tell you to bring like a gun and bear spray and 20 friends? Like how, how do they pitch to you? Like, we know you're already sold on the idea. You're going to do it no matter what, but we're going to try yeah. to insert ourselves in this way to where we feel better about it. What did that look like?
2: Well, I think that my folks had had the, for better or worse, the experience of like my being in much more remote settings before that.
1: Yeah, with backpacking. I had been
2: leading and been participating in like six week expeditions in the Arctic. And so Mm -hmm. that was like fully no contact. Like you have a SAT phone only used to like call back to like base camp at resupplies. So they like truly just heard nothing from us for six weeks.
1: Which Um, I'm going to make, sorry, I'm going to make you pause for a second and elaborate you just really casually br- like brushed upon expeditions in the Arctic, what did yeah. that look like? I got like? to
2: lead backpacking trips. So six week continuous backpacking trips in the Brooks Range of Alaska. Um, So through the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge and Gates to nice. the Arctic National Park. And they're like incredible trips with groups of like six to seven um, adolescent young women and six to seven people total. So like five mm. participants uh, and two leaders. And so I think like my parents had done that. So they like okay. knew, you know, that and that was kind of what I used to like, reassure them of like that on the divide, I would have cell phone contact. I would have my spot tracker with like, you know, its various features. Um, and so I think that like helped helped them feel better. Um, and I was also like in pretty consistent communication with them throughout um okay. and so they knew and like my dad met us in Vamp, my friend and i who started together like my dad met us in Vamp, and so like i think that was really helpful too of like he saw that like we were ready and like i was mm-hmm. ready um and so I kind of had that like firsthand and then my mom met me at the end um Super and so cool. like was able to like kind of bookend it with time with them and then like i think that also helped their fears of like okay i get to like see her off or i get to like welcome her back um without this like more unknown time yeah. on either end
0: Hell
1: yeah. I love that. That's really cool. Yeah.
0: So how did that 2015 divide experience go? What was like, what were some of the surprising things about it? Because Mm -hmm. like coming from a bike pack or a backpacking background where you're like six weeks, you know, out there, I'm guessing like super limited resupplies. Like in a way the divide might've just like felt more chill than that because it's like, Oh cool. Like guaranteed my longest run out is going to be like two, three days without like a grocery store. So like right. going into the details of like the differences, what surprised yeah. you, those sorts of things. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It is. You bring up a good point. Cause it was like in preparing for, me, I was like, okay, it's, I know how to bike. I know how to backpack. This is doing both of them at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, and so yeah, in a lot of ways it did feel, it felt like lower stakes in a few ways. One, because like this was a thing I was doing for myself by myself rather than like, I am a part of a group of seven and or like the leader of this group of seven or co-leader of this group of seven and so when you remove the stakes of like other people and other people's needs then that to me lowered the stakes um and yeah like having more frequent resupplies being in cell service like all of these things made it I think helped it feel less scary it was still intimidating but I think I had like a really blissful ignorance of it like i think yes. because i hadn't done a shorter race i didn't know how like you know i didn't know what it would feel like to like be in pouring rain drenched in new mexico as like your <laughs> bike is making terrible noises and like the road is turning to mud um <laughs> i didn't know that and i think there's something really beautiful to like the bravery of the first time you do something like you can be braver when you don't know how bad we can get
3: yeah
2: um it's a lot like love um but it's uh yeah so like 2015 was just learning a ton um and a lot of like a lot of just like giving myself grace to like okay you're going you're going slower than you thought you would and that's okay you're gonna like take a day to figure this out and that's okay um there were a few like really long you know kind of like half days um of just like feeling kind of overwhelmed and like not sure what was next or like Strategy of things and um, was able to work through that with a lot of like support from friends, support from family, and like um, yeah, just like giving myself the time to figure it out um, was really, really huge. yeah, it was like the first time
1: sorry. are you familiar with the term disaster style? It's more no. from like the the climbing background. Okay. And I wish I looked it up beforehand, but just made me think of that because that's a lot of what I've done in the past is almost disaster style where it's, you're not prepared for it as much as you think you are. And a lot of things start going wrong, but you just keep rolling with the punches and you just kind of like slug your way through it. And eventually you get there and you're super excited that you pulled it off. But afterwards, mm-hmm. you're like, man, there's a lot of things I could have done differently. Does that kind of Mm. describe it a little bit or were you pretty methodical and anytime things started feeling wrong you'd pump the brakes and be like let's let's reassess here maybe take some more time than what we planned is that kind of like more of the approach you took where if things were off you would really slow down and be like what can we do to make this better
2: yeah I think I was much more methodical I'm also I'm like pretty risk averse in general okay. um and so like, the risk I was willing to take being completely solo, especially, like, outside the Grand Depart, like, there wasn't really anybody, especially, like, outside the Grand Depart in 2015, like, there weren't a ton of other people on the route, and so I was very aware of, like, mitigating risks so that, like, I was still being safe, um, and so there was a lot of, like, yeah, figuring out as I went, but maybe, like, Going slower or like sleeping more or like having longer through towns um, that like allowed me to do so safely and also like finish really healthy like
3: yeah
2: physically like that whole time like I felt really good. Um, I think part of that is being twenty two. Uh, <laughs> part of it was also like going slower. Yeah. Um, and so that was was a big part of it. Was just like wanting to feel good and wanting to like feeling. Because at the time, like I had no idea that I'd be able or that I would like keep. Bike packing in any real way and so um I felt a great deal of I want to make the best on this effort especially with how many resources and people have like allowed me to be here like I need sure. to like, make good on this
1: for sure did you have a set deadline going into it or was it very open-ended where it's I'm starting this I'm going to finish it no matter what
2: it was really open-ended um because I'd finished a, a contract position the week before i started and like didn't know what was next
1: awesome awesome
2: so yeah which was really good i was really glad to like not have time pressure
0: oh no doubt when, when you started you said you started with a friend were you mm-hmm. both doing just individual time trials or was it okay so it was it wasn't like a pair time trial or anything like that
2: right yeah no we okay. both started with the intention of independent time trial, but like logistics, we both were from Minnesota or living in Minnesota at the time and, um, worked out really well to be able to like drive up together, um, and kind of share in that. And then, um, yeah, so it was, it was good to have like an adventure, but on the way up for sure.
0: Darn. See, I was all excited because I was like, what is it like to race the tour divide with a partner? Right. Because that's like a very niche category of bike pack racing is The only one that I can think of like off the top of my head is right across Arizona where there was a partner category, Mm. but I know there's been, there's a number of races over in Europe that are partner races. And like that, like that also fascinates me because that adds just so many different dynamics. So darn, I wish you had done it with a partner, but all good. good.
2: I'll have a story if that ever comes to pass.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay.
1: So did you have a like, a particular low point of that trip where you just reconsidered all of it and you're like, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously everybody's going to hit some low points. Right. But was there a point where you're like, no, seriously bikepacking is kind of fucked up and I don't want to do this anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think like, what <laughs> was freaking Bannock Road in Montana? Um yep. it, <laughs> like I like I knew about it, right? Like we again, like having a lot of information on the Great Divide route, like I knew about that road. Um and I think it had rained maybe like the day prior. It's all very hazy, but um it had rained at some point, clearly in the past. And I just like got to the point, as perhaps a lot of people have, where you're like, Pushing your bike, and then you can no longer push your bike because your wheels are entirely encased in mud. And I'm like, just in my little rain suit, like pushing my bike, (laughs) which now weighs a gazillion pounds. And I'm just like, and then I was like, okay, what if I start like walking through the sagebrush? Like maybe I'll be able to walk easier on that instead of like the road. But then I was like, oh no, but then I'm crushing the sagebrush. Then I was like, I'm sorry, sagebrush, I gotta do it. And it just like (laughs) sucked. And I feel like I just walked forever um and then at one point this like pickup truck pulls up behind the road had like kind of i think by that point like the it was rideable and i had like cleared off enough mud to ride you know to become like like, dip my bike in like a culvert was trying to like shake mud off Mm -hmm. of it um and then this person like sticks their head out the window and they're like are you okay and i was like don't know how to answer that question.
1: This is a loaded, very loaded question.
3: <laughs> She's like, you just okay, well, when you get to Lima, like, you know, here's my address, like, let me know. Nice.
1: Um
2: and so that was very sweet because I was just because I, I was like, I as I was like pushing my bike, I was like, people shouldn't do this. I don't think uh I don't think people should do this, this thing that I'm doing.
3: Yeah.
2: Um but then like get through it and it's okay. Um yeah. And there were like a couple other points through New Mexico where it was just like raining or like lightning rain m- misery. Um but it's usually ch- it's different. Like that's my, like internal monologue is like it might not get better, but it will be different. Um and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh and the classic like it's okay that it's not okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Um Do you know what that's like, from?
2: No, I only have I've heard it from my friend Al.
1: Ezra, do you know what that's from? I do not. I'm
2: sorry. Even if it's not okay, it's okay.
1: That's. I feel like that's something that we should know. I I don't know either. That's why I was asking. I yeah,
2: I heard from my friend Alec Camp. Um, because it's true, and I think that like, I don't know, it gets back to like time spent outside in different capacities of like, being really accustomed to like, this is maybe not ideal, but it's okay.
1: Um, yeah. But... yeah. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So what was, when did you start? Like what time of year was this? When did you finish? How many days total? This was a hell of a journey that probably felt like two years, but it happened over the course of what was the actual time that you were out there on route. Yeah,
2: it was 28 days. Um, I started July, something ended August, something. Um, yeah.
1: For almost a month you just you quested out into the unknown 22 years old that's that's so badass i love that (laughs) that's so cool (laughs) yeah it was
2: like it's kind of i mean it's bananas right like just the notion of doing something for that long again i think like having the experience of knowing what it felt like to like do a, like a two-week, a four-week, a six-week backpacking trip, being out for that long wasn't the hard thing necessarily, but like being like solo for that long and like kind of having to be like your own support system in some ways, um, like for has as like in touch as you could be with people over like the phone and whatever, like in the moment still having to like be your own support system in certain moments. Um, and really like strengthening that muscle Um, yeah very valuable experience
0: so that Uh, was a question that I kind of had is with these previous backpacking trips you have a co-leader you have other people that you're responsible for mm -hmm. like did you get lonely like what was that because like even when you're interacting with people on the divide like I was racing with people and I was, you know, like crossing paths with people. One of the things that I was kind of shocked by was just that, like, just feeling of loneliness where there would be times Mm -hmm. where I would just call my mom because I just needed someone to talk to because I just felt so insignificant. You know, like you just talked about Bannock Road. That was a perfect example where you're just on that fucking road for all day and it's just so exposed and it's not like, yes, it's pretty but also it's like pretty in this like very rugged sort of way. So yeah. did you like deal with any loneliness?
2: Um, yeah, definitely. Um, there are definitely moments of like yearning for more like immediate community. Um, and yeah, mostly, most of the time for me, like the loneliness was like wanting to like share that with someone was like, this is really amazing. I like wish there was someone right here to like see this. Um, or be like oh my god I can't believe I just got up that mountain and so that was more of it for me yeah so it was really it was like a really slow kind of because I had gone from like living in Minneapolis like having a bunch of people around like experiences at camp and what have you to then like you know being really a lo- isolated for a month and then I went back to camp and was working like the fall programming there so now again in this like smaller community and it was this like slow transition back to like oh, how do I, like, rely on other people immediately again? How do I, like, kind of use other people to regulate in this way that I haven't for the last month? Um, So, like, that almost was harder, the, like, post-trip coming to know how to, like, be a human again with other people. That was almost, like, more challenging than the, like, solo time on route. But
0: yeah. And at the end, like, what was your relationship with bikepacking? Were you like hooked? Like, this is going to be my new thing. I'm done Mm. with backpacking or I'm throwing my bike away and I'm never doing this again.
2: Yeah. um, I was really excited to feel so strong in so many ways. Um, So I was like excited to like continue exploring that. I also knew that I wanted to lead a long trip the next summer. And so Bike packing, like very much took a backseat to like the road riding when I moved out to Utah and then, like spending the entire next summer, the next two or three summers backpacking. And so we do like occasional weekend trips. But I think immediately after that, it was more that like the value of the experience itself and less like bike packing um, in particular,
1: I can understand that. So where were these backpacking trips afterwards? Were you exploring so some new areas or was it like, okay, it was all in Alaska? Yeah,
3: yeah, yep, yep. Um,
2: I mean the same
1: range or was that, did you get to explore some new areas?
2: Yeah, all in. Um, the program where trips are always, um, that long trip is always in the Brooks Range.
0: Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, I like have you how... done, go ahead, Ezra.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, I like how Hannah, you were born and raised in Wisconsin. And then, you know, that's our crossover. And then you move to Utah and you're up in Alaska, which is like Andrew's background. Yeah, it's very strange. Like very yeah, much it's like a is, lot of just like wild. locational crossover going yeah. on here yeah. right now. So I was like, Andrew, why are yeah. you asking this question? Yeah. And I was like, oh, duh, yeah. because he spent how many years like up in Alaska, yeah. like climbing all these mountains. So that makes perfect sense. Well, so. and
1: like running on that same tangent, like somewhere along the way, I met uh, Dylan Morton here in Arkansas. Where yeah. I, I had moved back to Arkansas and my my good friend Jesse Turner was like, You gotta meet this guy, Dylan Morton. He uh he's been riding his bike all over the place. Uh, the he, best. <laughs> yeah. And so he, he's like, Yeah, me meet him. And I did a ride with Dylan and him and Nick Booth. And we went to Mount Magazine and Mount Nebo. It was like a hundred mile day. And I got to chat with Dylan some, and he's like, I'm thinking about going to Alaska this summer. I might have an opportunity. And essentially it was like, you gotta be a mechanic uh at one of the shops up there yeah like, I think it was like partially with Lale as well mm-hmm. um but that's how I first met him and I immediately was like you have to go to Alaska like even if it's for one summer just go do it you will not regret it at all go do it Yeah. so you you met Dylan while you were in Salt Lake City right
2: yeah because was
1: that at a Bike shop or how did, how did you meet Dylan? So like yeah, if any listeners don't know Dylan Morton, just look him up, made of salt on Instagram. He's done a lot of bike packing himself. Really awesome guy. He's a mechanic oh at the meteor in, uh, Bentonville, Arkansas right now. But yeah, how yeah. did you cross paths? Incredible past
2: mechanic, incredible human. Um, I walked into the bike shop that he was working at when he was living in Salt Lake, I was like, I need a, an alternator. any like a drive side alternator plate for a salsa wood smoke like you know the, the salsa equivalent of like a derailleur hanger
1: yeah and he goes what are you up to what you
2: doing yeah. <laughs> 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 why
3: like,
2: are you asking well... this question
3: <laughs> right right and
2: he's like well and he said well you know i'm uh i got a, a wood smoke I'm, I'm getting ready for the tour divide and he goes i wood smoke. i'm getting ready for the tour divide uh and so it's yeah. just the like funniest meeting of like yeah. oh this is a very like niche scenario that we find ourselves in wait
1: so was this before 25th like your attempt in 2015 or is this later
2: this was uh before i did it in 2019
1: okay so you did it again yeah. in 2019 yeah gotcha. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. yeah so it was very funny so it was great because then we like then i like had like an adventure bud who wanted to like do we did like a couple very goofy rides that spring um i think before we moved back to arkansas but um yeah was a hoot
1: very funny nice okay yeah. hey, i was wondering because i knew you like mentioned him we so we first met for reference right before north to south colorado okay you were just like not dylan and i but me and you you're oh, like gotcha, hey gotcha, gotcha. north to south colorado there's people showing up does anybody want to actually meet before the race because yes. like, once the race starts nobody's gonna talk gonna anymore see <laughs> yeah, exactly so i really appreciated that gesture because you're like hey yeah. Does anybody want to meet each other before this event? Because otherwise, there's a good chance we're not going to see each other. Yeah, um, but exactly. yeah, so I met Dylan back in 2020. And okay. uh, yeah, I was curious because I remember Salt Lake, both of you, and you mentioned that small world mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. With me, Salt Lake and Alaska and everything.
2: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Where in Alaska were you?
1: I was in, I was bouncing between Skagway and Haynes. Okay. And it was the same, kind of the same scene where I was doing some backpacking trips a little bit of low-key mountaineering but then there's also the the day trip scene of cruise ships coming in so we'd be doing like zipline tours and rock climbing and uh i don't know if i ever talked about this on the podcast but our term was cabbages so people coming in from the cruise ships we'd call them cabbages which is not super friendly, but it's because everybody's in vacation mode so it's like no one's no one's really thinking
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're
2: like i got my itinerary i'm here to hang
1: yeah exactly exactly and so uh, my alaska experience was like oh a lot of it was associated with the the cruise ship scene and then yeah you get your scattered day off and then you just go nuts on your day off you're like okay yeah. i can finally go do as much as i can the sun's up almost the entire time wow. that kind of thing no yeah. bike riding like i i had my fixed gear bike while i was there and so i was doing like out and backs and stuff and i would like climb up to the Canadian border and bomb back down and that kind of thing, but
3: nice.
1: didn't even know what bike packing was or gravel
0: riding was at that time,
2: yeah, wild times, wild times,
0: so we're gonna we like all almost just naturally segwayed segwayed right into this, but well done twenty nineteen tour divide itt was She's there any bike packing races adventures like in between twenty fifteen and twenty nineteen? And then the other question is like, what was the motivation to get back out there and do it again? Did you just want to re-experience the divide or was there a performance motivator? Yeah. Talk about that.
2: Yeah. Um, I think I did like two or three weekend trips in between Uh, a few Um, did like a really great trip in the swell with two of my friends from Salt Lake and uh, yeah, going into 2019, I like, again, found myself with like, the luxury of like time and resources to be able to do it. And was able to like leverage, you know, connections and like discounts and whatever to like, build up a a bike and Yeah, really, I like wanted to go back, I wanted to do it faster. That was like a really, really big motivator was like, okay, I did it in this way that felt very sustainable the first time i wonder how fast i could do it and so i like rode a lot that spring um i was working for a nonprofit, like traveling around the state teaching bike safety um and so i got to like spend a ton of weekends just like in southern utah riding a lot um and so that was great to get to like ride more ride a lot more dirt over the winter than i ever had and yeah i wanted to go back i was excited to get to do it like with the grand depart um because i hadn't done that in 2015 so i was like oh, like what's all what's all the hubbub and that was really cool to be a part of like to be in Banff, like with everybody and there's just like these silly bikes leaning against every wall and yeah my really good friend in park city like drove me up to Banff for the start uh which was great we just got like a fun little road trip out of it were they even um, riding,
1: or they're just like, oh, this is a great reason to go check out Banff and take a ride? No, trip. they
2: just, yeah, she just like was, she came to just to drop me off. Um,
1: that's what's up. She had
2: some like time in her calendar and was like, yeah, I want to go see Banff, I want to go see, you know, this like Montana, and um, yeah, like just drove me to the start, yeah, so it was good. And then, uh, yeah, 2019, I made it to Idaho and I scratched and max in. I started really fast and very excited and the like combination of like some previous overuse injuries some like bike fit issues some like equipment polar decisions um all kind of led to like my body really falling apart um and i made it as i like finally got through montana and made it like 10 miles down the like barbaric rail trail in idaho and, that is uh, the
0: worst section. I I don't understand why that's there because it runs parallel it is, to like what looks like a beautiful gravel road, and I'm just I remember being on oh that. And I was like, "Is this actually on the course? Like, what is going on?" Yes. Oh my god. Vivid memories of that, and it was yeah, yeah it, brutal. It,
2: well, because it feels like it's both. It's like dinosaur-sized washboards in my memory. Like it's like washboarded, but like really like spread out, and like also very deep sand
0: yes um and like if you're going north to south it's all downhill and so like you look at the profile and it's like oh look at this like super long gradual downhill i have i'm just gonna crush it and you're going like five miles per hour and like pushing like you are just working so hard to go so slow like oh my god just brutal
2: exactly um oh my god yeah and i like I made it maybe 10 miles out of max in and I was just like, everything hurts. This really, really sucks. And I like knew like I had had to slow down so much just because of like how much, like my knees, my feet, my butt hurt that like, I was already going, I was going probably like slower than my like 2015 pace and yeah. everything hurt. And I was like, yeah. I know what it is to do this race or to do this route in 28 days um when things feel really good and i didn't want to do it in like 28 or more days when like everything when my entire body was like please do anything else and so yeah scratch and max in which was like the best decision yeah but it was a great run i met like folks who i'm like still in touch with uh as we were like racing which was great and i was like oh the grand depart is super fun you get to like meet a bunch of really rad humans yeah still like very very glad for that experience
1: nice nice a slight tangent, but just, I'm curious, what bike and tire did he use run one and then run two, what did he change?
2: Uh, so run one, as on a trader slot frame, which is a steel 29er frame with Maxxis Crossmark 2.1 tires, stands, rims.
1: Nailed and it. And
2: then run, huh? <laughs>
1: I, I just appreciate the fact that you had that like, so in your brain that you didn't hesitate at all. <laughs> yeah. good. Never, like a 2015 that's bike setup. Like that that's makes me really, I, have. So I like that bike. Okay. okay. And so, then run two, what did you, what did you do?
2: So also run one was on drop bars. So with wood chipper bars. Okay. Um, And I decided to try to use flat bars. So I built up a salsa wood smoke. Um, so with ardent race tires, industry nine wheels, sun dynamo the usual what was the uh, width
1: on the tires for run two i think two two okay so you bumped yeah. up a little bit on the tire yeah. size yeah and you changed the frame up to the wood smoke yeah okay. Okay. yeah
2: and the frame decision was partially weight and partially because like the center triangle on my trader is like look, it's so small. small just like you couldn't, couldn't fit... put
1: a frame bag in there really yeah or anything. yeah like
2: you could i could fit a water bladder but like that was it okay um And so going to the wood smoke allowed me like a lot, lot more room in the frame bag.
1: And I'm just always fascinated with a tire. If someone goes up or goes down after like experiencing something once and then going to do it again. So that's like everybody goes up. That's I mean, that's the kind of common theme that I see across the board, at least for things like tour divide or I don't know, north to south Colorado. We'll dive into that a little bit. Like if I did it again, I would go up. Um, high country is another one, but over that kind of distance, you know, that's, that's a long, long time yeah. where, yeah, that's cool. That's cool to hear. Yeah. really. Okay. Yeah.
0: So that 2019 year for the Tour de especially the Grand Apart is kind of this, like, I don't want to use the word uh, notorious in a way, just because there was so much controversy around... <laughs> i i i like the laugh i like the laugh we have to (laughs) bring these things up we have to bring these things up. no 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 let's do it that 2019 year um was really the year where the debate of like documentation of bike pack racing kind of like didn't go mainstream but it like went mainstream in the bike pack racing world and we're still Mm -hmm. like you know nowhere near a, a like a resolution to this bickering in a way, because right. I, really I view it as like bickering online at the start line. Was there like, did you feel anything different about this? Did you have any like thoughts about race? Like it seemed like you were coming into this year, like kind of competitive. I don't know if you like thought that you could beat whale or anything like that, but like, did you have any thoughts like about you know someone you're competing against having a crew out there on the course no i had like
2: no thoughts i did not care (laughs) um yeah i just uh especially in 2019 because like when the discourse really started because like i was in the like you know tour divide racers facebook group whatever um where there was like a lot of commenting happen and You know saw the post from Rue about like here's our plan for media coverage and I was like cool that sounds good it seems like you've like talked to who you needed to talk to and you like have this established plan and like. You're a professional photojournalist and so you understand like photojournalism ethics and like carry on. yeah yeah, so really like didn't. Did not care.
3: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) And that's Um, very fair. yeah yeah.
2: Um, I think that. I think there are situations it could differ but um I think in such a big race in a race that has already the precedent of like pretty strong like film and photo coverage I think it's hard to then say that something new is problematic when like the reason that so many people know about the tour divide is from ride the divide yeah. um you know Absolutely. and the reason that again like getting back to the idea of like if you're doing something solo there are there are only so many ways that you can share that with other people um Mm -hmm. and i think that for so many people the idea of like we shouldn't have photos we shouldn't have film whatever i think becomes dangerously gatekeepy and serves only to like keep bike packing more insular and more homogenous um and so that to me is a negative um if you're saying that we shouldn't have media we shouldn't have any coverage then it's like okay how are we how are we educating people how are we showcasing this how are we like inviting more people in if you're saying that you like can't if they're like all of these rules and people are like worried about doing it wrong
0: yeah
1: absolutely i don't know it's cool to see i mean because listeners aren't going to have the video but you're you're like looking around into the <laughs> depths of the room as you respond and you're like thinking very carefully about every word you say but i appreciate that that feedback yeah. because yeah it's it's still a sensitive topic for sure. Totally. And like I just I love the more that the community itself brings it up and talks about it, how we can all have a better understanding of how to move forward from here. Right. And it's something right. I'm dealing with right now with the Arkansas High Country race coming up in October. Yeah. Where we have like photographers have always been a thing. We had two two different film crews on route last year. And Mm -hmm. there's a film, there's a documentary, like a full-length documentary coming out for the Arkansas high country race Oh yeah, on September 9th, which is super cool. Um, But it is like, it's kind of a bit of a, 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 like a discussion right now on, I'm sure there's some people like, what, there's a full-length documentary about a bikepacking race? (laughs) Um, And then like, for instance, we have Jan of Renee Hurst. He's coming down to do the South Loop of Arkansas high country this year, and he, specifically wants to write an article about it and have kai out there taking photos of him and on his setup mm-hmm. and everything so i i see i see value in being able to educate the overall community about what's going on right yeah and there's uh, no i'm always happy to have uh just like people talking about it so no, yeah i appreciate your input on that because yeah. it's it's a tricky balance being both totally. someone that does races mm-hmm. And then someone that's now putting races on, like how to, how to find that balance and right. really the best way is just to talk to more people in the community yeah. and figure yeah. it out from there.
2: Yeah. And it is, I mean, it is really tricky. It is quite nuanced because you have both. Cause there's both the element of like, how can you share this thing? Right? Like. You know if there's an article that like needs accompanying photos that's like just the nature of like we all have very short attention spans we need pretty pictures yeah if it's just Um, a block
1: of like here's three pages of text you lost 95 percent of your audience already
2: (laughs) (laughs) right so it's like you need that and then you get into really tricky scenarios where you're like okay what are if someone has a specific crew for themselves what are the risks they're willing to take because even subconsciously they like know they have kind of a safety net, right? Like they know they have someone like paying closer attention to their whereabouts Mm -hmm. than perhaps just like a random dot watcher. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's where it gets really complex. um, And I think is deserving of like figuring out. And I also think like it gets hard because you have, you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have races like Silk Road where you have like three What do they call them? They have like three like media cars, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have like an incredible amount of content coming out of a race because you have these like established like race, you know, kind of like neutral party cars. But without that infrastructure, without that resourcing, how do you like showcase what's going on? Um, You know, and I love a good Instagram story, um, (laughs) but it only goes so far. It only reaches, you know, tens Mm -hmm. of people. So
1: um, for 24 hours,
2: I know. And then it's gone. Yeah, no, no, so that's Fimber. what the highlights are for, guys. Come on,
1: use yeah. those, use those yeah. highlights. Yeah. Add this, those highlights. This is true. This is true. I do have
2: highlights, and then I look back at them and I'm like, <laughs> do we need these?
0: <laughs> oh, I love them. Oh, I think they're the best. Like, I documented my <laughs> whole like van creation, and it's. That's sick. I need to go back
1: and look at that. I it's actually great. haven't gone through that. Yeah. I'm going to put that on my to do list. I'm look find at it. all of the highlights of Ezra's Instagram. That's going to be
2: my my late night rolling scroll.
1: So, yeah. Which. I mean, it's not the perfect segue right now, but I had pulled up um, Wild Composite Racing on Instagram because you yeah. mentioned this earlier, and I know you, this is a part of your life, but I honestly yeah. don't know a whole lot about it. So I'd love to yeah. hear more about before we talk about any other races. Just what yeah. that is and your involvement with it.
2: It's very important. Yeah. Let's um, hear about it. Yeah. So Wild Composite originally was wtf bike explorers gravel which was then radical adventure riders gravel team uh because wtf bike explorers um founded by folks uh like everett Oaklin and aria and sarah swallow they founded it in i think 2018 uh wtf bike explorers there's a what does that stand for
1: just for like for reference what oh yeah like anyone listening what is that
2: yeah so wtf uh is like kind of the less used now but stands for women's trans and femme um now kind of more common acronym is f-t-w-n-b or femme trans women non-binary folks um Mm -hmm. a number of different acronyms which is why my team uses gender expansive Mm -hmm. basically to mean that our team is comprised of anyone other than like cis males um and so wanting to increase our team exists to like increase representation of gender expansive riders at gravel events
3: um
2: that's like why the team was founded in the first place, um, also serving to uplift BIPOC riders. Um, and so in 20, we started in 2020, two weeks before the first COVID lockdown. Wild. So it was like, cool, sweet. We're on a team. We have these plans. We had like Sarah had like, you know, worked tremendously to like secure sponsors and like all these resources for us. Um, and where was, she and based was,
1: out, where was she based out of at the time?
2: Um, She was in Arizona at the time.
1: Okay, so was she had like been Flagstaff down in or, or what area of Arizona? Uh,
2: no, no, in like Patagonia. Patagonia, um, so like yeah. very uh,
1: far south, Arizona. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah so like it's an like an
0: hour south of Tucson. Okay.
1: Yeah, down. you're almost at the Mexico border at that point, right? Correct. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's was a really it, strong border. Was there any purpose.
1: association with like the the gravel? What is it, the gravel house down there? where they have like, the, um, no uh,
2: separate entities. Okay. okay. Yeah. That so we were happening. It was funny. Cause I also ran into Dylan there cause there was like gravel camp and yeah, cause I knew he was out there the for like, menu.
1: yeah, for sure. Cyclist yeah. menu That's what I was thinking of. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, so it was pretty fun, but, um, but yeah, so we started in 20 March, 2020, like February, March, 2020. Okay. Um, and then all through 2020, the 10 of us really just like, you know, I mean, we we're all hunkered down. We did like a few kind of social media, campaigns like trying to like build community from afar. Yeah. Um and then finally in like June 2021 we were able to like all be in the same place again. Um got and we there. had like a long weekend in the bay where a lot of folks are based. Um and got to like finally ride together.
1: Um if someone were to like click on a website or whatever and they go to about and like mission at at mm-hmm. the time like what what was the mission statement?
2: Yeah. The mission is to like increase representation and take up space for gender expansive riders at gravel events. Um, yeah. So we had like an initial race calendar, which of course all got changed around with COVID. Um, and then, uh, this year we've been at mid south grindero grounded Nebraska, which was a new race this year. Um, and gravel worlds.
1: Very
0: cool. The team is made up of individuals, not solely based in salt lake, kind of all across the country. And how many members yeah. are kind of on the team
2: yeah so this year there are five of us um okay. last year there were nine and uh, yeah this year there's five this year was kind of like a rebuilding year as everything kind of shook out like post kind of covid bike boom and schedules and all of that um and so we're looking to again like build for next year back to like a full roster of nine or yeah. ten riders um and like the whole point is like to financially support people getting to races yeah. because it is very expensive to go to a Absolutely. race.
1: Absolutely, A one day race can be 250 to $300 at this point. And right. not only that it's, they're asking for it eight months before the race even happens. Right, know?
2: right. And there, like, you know, who knows what's going to happen
1: in life leading up to that.
2: Right. And there's so many expenses that they incur to put on an event. Um, and you know, so there's race fees, there's travel, there's lodging, there's all mm-hmm. these things. And like so many, especially gravel races take place outside of urban centers and so you mm-hmm. have to get to these places um you know getting to a place like stillwater is not super easy <laughs> um but is entirely worth it um and so yeah so there's you know a lot of a lot of resourcing a lot of work that goes into into that and um we've been really gracious like especially the folks at like I mean, all the races that we've been to this year have been really gracious with like, we want you to come. Like, how can we help you get here? And working with those organizers on like language used for categories, on like structure of things. And so that's been really great to like build those reports and see like a lot of those, yeah. Um, a lot of those like changes implemented as simple as like having a like non binary gender extensive category at Gravel World.
1: So, out of curiosity, just is this a 501c3? How do you approach? Do you have any partners and sponsors? What is the do you have anyone that's considered staff? What is the actual makeup yeah. of this, this like team you could call it? How, yeah. what does that actual structure look like? Yeah, because there's a lot of people across the country. Yeah, it's awesome. So there's a lot of people across the country. Like for me, for instance, this is something that I've tried to figure out on the side working, yeah. you know, 40 hours a week and i'm sure there's plenty of other people across the country or world or whatever that'd be curious to hear yeah how what is the general structure of this and how do you make this happen because it's really fucking rad that you're doing this yeah and anyone that could get like a tiny bit of insight on yeah. how to do it how totally. how did this happen and yeah what does it look like now compared to when it started then yeah um
2: so how it looks now is i am the co-director uh with uh Izzy Cedarbaum uh, and he is based in Seattle. Um, he's a really tremendous rider, has like a strong background in road and gravel, and is just like an incredible person. And uh yeah, so we are like the co-directors and then our spawn we're sponsored by Specialized, bless Mm -hmm. you. Um (laughs) which specialized has like truly specialized has been on board with WTF bike explorers like pretty much since the beginning. And they're just like the folks there have just been so instrumental in like that program taking off um and like our ability to like continue functioning
3: super um
2: yeah and then we're also supported by swift industries also out of seattle um who are make incredible bags everyone everyone who works there like martina and jason the founders um everyone who is there is just like so great um yeah and we're also supported by tailwind nutrition who is great which is great because it's freaking delicious uh and else? Well, I think that's it right now um but yeah the structure has changed a little bit because initially when there were like 10 of us and there were no races like there wasn't like organizing that needed to happen right mm-hmm. and so um then Kind of there were four of us um izzy me Nat, and georgia who kind of took on the like leadership roles uh throughout okay. like the last two years um and then as like kind of changes happened over the last year then izzy and i kind of stepping in to like run what is now wild composite and it really <laughs> depending on the time of year it's like a lot of emails and a lot of like uh izzy and i are like in touch pretty much all day yeah. uh sometimes about team stuff sometimes it's just memes but um (laughs) it's uh we're figuring stuff out we're like game planning for next year um through like radical adventure riders which is what wtf Bike explorers became um Mm -hmm. through radical adventure riders we have like a number of both like community connections and so it's a lot of like talking to people it's a lot of who do you know, are you going to be at this race? Do you want to collaborate on housing for this race? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, who's flying in? Can you, you know, do you have extra room in your car?
1: So is um, it very, very case by case on yeah. events or yeah. is there any like year long contracts? Like for instance, with specialized or yeah. Zwift, is it Zwift, sorry, that's indoor cycling. Uh, yeah swift no so we Industries. like so we're
2: partnered we're like sponsored by specialize and mm-hmm. swift uh throughout the year so that's like a, a year of partnership very cool. uh sponsorship um and then yeah we just as far as like getting to races and that kind of stuff goes it's very like case by case
1: yeah and is some of that with the event organizers themselves so like for instance mid-south are you coordinating with bobby and claire for that
2: yeah so we're talking with them about like leading shakeout rides or like this year we hosted a hangout um and then we like hosted a we did like a hangout at mid-south um also with swift um and then did like a shakeout ride at grounded so we led mm-hmm. like the FTWNB nb shakeout um on the day before the race and um different ways that we can kind of find to like integrate into programming yeah um and like izzy spoke on the diversity panel before gravel worlds and so we're like kind of plugging in in these ways that yeah um yeah help help just in general like Take up space, kind of like speak to like our mission. Yeah. Um, and kind of yeah, just we try to serve as like a welcoming, like come with. That's kind of our whole thing is like come with, like, come ride with us, like come hang out.
1: Yeah. No, it's yeah. really cool to hear that insight because there's a lot of different people out there that it's like, hey, we for instance, these different events or companies can be reaching out and saying, we would love to be involved. Let us know how we can help. And then there's that moment of like, I don't know how you can help and so like yeah. this this gives a good insight on okay cool it's mm-hmm. this is this is the way that we can help each other out and make it all yeah. work together where it's yeah. helping yeah that's awesome yeah
2: yeah and then, i mean there's so many there's so many groups doing incredible things like and base miles based out of bc you have like major taylor cycling club out of kansas mm-hmm. city like there are really great groups doing yeah. incredible
1: things. And you have um, like Marley now all the time with all bodies on bikes. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's so many different yeah. things happening at once where yeah. it's just like for someone that's like newer trying to step in, it's almost like overwhelming or it's like, I don't know how to step in and try to contribute. It's like, I'm yeah. stoked on all of this, but I don't yeah. know my tiny little pocket within this bigger yeah. community or spectrum or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool to get into those
2: DMs. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Love it.
2: So saying, Hey, can we hang out? And yeah. you're like, yeah. And so, everybody is usually like, yeah, let's hang out. Yeah.
1: So 2019 was tour divide.
3: Yeah.
1: What was the next, what you would consider big bike packing endeavor after that? It doesn't even have to be like an official event okay. or race or whatever. What was your big yeah. thing after 2019?
2: So then time was a flat circle. Um,
0: Then COVID happened and everything went, what is time? I mean,
2: seriously, because like I got like, I got laid off as so many of us did. And Mm -hmm. so like all of, I mean, all of COVID was just like, especially like living in Salt Lake, all of COVID was like picking a canyon and riding up it that day. I was like, that's my plan for today. I was like, going to go for a long ride. Yeah. So really the next like big thing like gravel camp was huge, like spending that week in Patagonia with everybody who there was like 20, 25 people, but yeah, like gravel camp was the next big thing. And then I just, you know, kind of out of like not working that summer, we kind of needed a big thing to do. And so in September of 2020, so Salt Lake to Flaming Gorge is like 190 miles or something um and some friends were planning to go to flaming gorge uh for one of their birthdays and, and that's
1: nevada right
3: um
2: it's like on the on the border of utah and colorado so it's like utah north colorado, okay.
3: colorado okay. or northeastern
2: okay. utah gotcha. um it's a big reservoir along the green river and um i was like i think i i was like if i biked out there could you all give me a ride back and so that was the big thing was just like taking i hadn't done like a solo overnight in a long time. I was like, I don't know if I can ride that far. Um, but was like pretty sure I could. Um, and so yeah, spent like two just took like a day, like just shy of two days to like ride out there, which was like really incredible and kind of was like, okay, yeah, no, I like do still know how to do this. I like do remember how this feels and like I can still like bivy off the side of a forest road. Um and uh yeah, that was really great.
0: Okay okay so are we just gonna jump straight to north to south colorado now? yeah Anything? is that oh, well, in, in <laughs> between <laughs> okay i guess there was something
2: in between um in between i did big lonely and ben okay. which jump. is yes. okay the tenderest most jesse beautiful
1: blau. jesse blau i finally Dear learned jesse. how to say his last name he xoxo i asked him whenever i saw him i was like hey man your name has come up multiple times and i never know yeah. how to say your last name how do you say it And he's like blau 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 and he's holding like a gun indicator and like he, oh <laughs> nicest team ever like obviously he would not be in yes. the gang but he's like blau like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah Jesse, see Jesse. Jesse he's amazing
2: um yeah in between i did big lonely um which was so fun um similarly it started with like a group hangout the night before so like i my friend sarah lives in bend and very graciously she and her roommates were like yeah you can stay with us before the race um and sarah was just like the mvp of like hosting and like you know kind of be like swan year before the race uh was just like what do you need where do you like where do you need to be do you like need a ride anywhere um just like an incredible incredible friend and we we did like a ftw hangout like shakeout ride the night before big lonely so like the nine or ten of us did like a little ride from like tracker pickup we like got tacos just like hung out which was so nice to be like okay here are like these people again like you know similar to before north south i was like it's important to just like we're all doing this thing we might be alone a lot of the time like let's at least take this chance to like say hi and like share some laughs and like share some tacos um and yeah then big lonely was really good very cold uh was this uh
1: 2021
2: yeah yeah this is 2021 um and it was like it was really cold at the start and it's you know it's also dark it's october and bend like it's dark and cold like i remember at one point riding um along with my friend hannah and like both of our like hoses to our water bladders were frozen and i was just like oh okay this is my life now um and it's like well again like it'll be different later it'll probably be warmer later and uh that first night was so cold it was like maybe it was like 20 degrees up in the ochre coast that first night but the second day what time in
1: october was this again
2: it's like October like seventh ish, okay. early October.
1: I think that's the only um, reason I haven't gone out there for it yet. It's because it's right when the high country is yeah. happening.
2: Yeah, it's usually the same weekend. But uh yeah, but Big Lonely was really good to feel like okay, I can do these like shorter distances and again like have a lot of fun. Like it was really yeah. fun. Uh like the it's, first day, like getting I mean, for reference, it's people.
1: what, three hundred and fifty ish miles, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, how much single track is on that? <laughs> uh, maybe like
2: 50?
3: That fifty.
2: That might be too many, but okay. it's a lot. It's a, okay. or it's like a decent. It's like okay. a decent amount. because um, basically from like Bend to Sisters is like single track, so oh, yeah. beautiful, so okay. fun, so flowy. Um, these like incredible views, and then there's a good bit of single track at the end, which this was like this was the kicker of like in the race because jesse published this like incredibly helpful like race manual basically with like information on all the sections like required equipment oh, um, all these different things and jesse what a g Truly, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, you're going to do this for Arkansas high country. Right? Oh, man. Oh, no. no, maybe right? not this Statistics. year, maybe next a tech year, guide? let me, uh, let me
1: transition into uh, not moving furniture so frequently. And then maybe it'll be a possibility.
2: It's super great. Um, and I just think like, again, the, like, I believe very much in like information sharing of just mm-hmm. like whatever, like whatever can make It's like, okay. It is such a luxury to like have the time to like, get all these details together and so like why not share that information and so like jesse does such a great job of like making that really easy and um with the race manual but the best part of the race manual is that it t- says that the last 40 miles are downhill um mm,
1: okay okay and
2: you look at the profile and you zoom in on ride with dps and you're like
1: like are you sure that, that do looks you, downhill do you truly downhill. mean it do you truly know, mean it jesse. but then you're
2: on it and you're like why am I walking up this right now?
1: I'm going um, up a hill right now, dude. I hate you. Yeah, there's, there's like a point. The I'm literally pushing my morning. bike up a hill right now. This is the opposite oh of downhill. It was like loose. It was
2: like loose lava rock.
3: <laughs> and I was so
2: tired. And I just like had this moment where I was like, because it's all these like, they're not moraines because it's lava, but I like don't know about volcanoes. And so it's just yeah. these like weird, like jumbled messes of like volcano rock.
3: Sure. and
2: you're like going up and down them. And I had this moment of like being so mad at how slow I was going. I just like laid down on the ground and I was like yuming for like three and a half seconds. And I was like, okay, well, you're not getting closer. And so just yeah, like, yeah. you have to get up.
1: Yeah. Okay. So this okay. is, I mean, 350-ish miles. Yeah. How did that one go for you? What was your your placement on it, your time?
2: Yeah. Um, I was the fourth woman uh behind uh jamie lesk behind lauren brownlee hannah somhage and jamie lesk okay um and i don't know what i was overall but i think it was like 67 hours
1: okay um that's a big effort
2: to finish and and like again because i had this moment because i was like oh last 40 miles downhill and i was like i might finish before sunset yeah. uh and i'm like cruising down and then it's like <laughs> golden light and i'm like on this like rolly terrain and i'm like <laughs> i might do it so i was getting faster and then jesse rides up because he had like seen my dot and he was like oh i like saw your dot and i just wanted to be like jesse not now i'm really excited to see you but like i just and i didn't realize like how far it was from like the trailhead like
1: actually the town <laughs> of course and i'm like yeah. finishing he found some dark. beautiful it's, cut off right there.
2: <laughs> I know. I was like, this could be fine. But no, it's like, okay, let's get into town past these like horse pastures. And uh, and I finished like in the dark. It was starting to snow. Uh, <laughs> Sarah and Jesse met me at the top. Sarah had like a giant puffy and whiskey. And I was like, thank nice. you so much. Because <laughs> it's like
1: basically an overlook of Bend, right? You're like, up yeah, high. you finish up yeah.
2: Pilot Butte. So it's just like up okay. this goofy nugget butte i guess um super cool yeah yeah it was really rad it was really really rad
0: so when you go into these races i guess like what is kind of your like competitive mindset because clearly like community minded but at the same time i also feel like you're there like pushing yourself and i guess i can't Mm -hmm. get a gauge on are you like showing up and you're like I'm trying to win these things or is it, I'm trying to like do the best I can. Like, what does that sort yeah. of look like? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, I always want to finish feeling really full. Like I want to feel, I want to finish feeling like, I don't know, like so much to me, so much of the beauty to me of these races and of these efforts is like using your body to its fullest potential. And that feels so important. And like, just, such a like magnificent luxury and also like a way to like honor this like body I get to inhabit. And so that to me is like the biggest motivation is like how can I finish like really using this machine to its potential. Like how can I take care of this body uh to like get me to the finish line faster. And so I'd say like I am competitive. Like I definitely like I don't know like during north south I was like looking at the tracker and I was like, where is everybody? Um but uh it's also like, I also recognize that like, there are limitations to how fast I can go. Mm -hmm. Um, And so yeah, it's like wanting to do the best for me, but also like, like, I will always take the time to have the conversation and like, share the beta or whatever. Um, Because like, more important to me is like growing the sport and like having people feel welcome. And like having those interactions, because like, that's why we do it. I was like, I can go ride. Like that's why I do like the shorter races at like gravel races. Like, like I did like the seventy five instead of like the one hundred and fifty at Gravel Worlds because it's like yeah I can I can go ride one hundred and fifty miles by myself some other time. But like I want to ride the seventy because then I can hang out with all my friends after.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So. I love that comment you made about like trying to finish the race full because that's like literally the opposite that I've done <laughs> my entire cycling career <laughs> is every single race like if I don't finish the race totally empty, I'm yeah. like, oh, that wasn't a good race. Like I had yeah. like well, I more to I give, but I like that. Thing. Like I, I just like the spin that you have on it, <laughs> it that it's like, is the glass half empty or half full? And you're like, I want to yeah. finish full where I'm like, yeah, no, I want to be completely spent. But I really like, I do think that there's a lot of like shared
1: hundred percent
0: like experience What's there. It? I just, yeah.
1: it's cool. I absolutely yeah. hear what you're saying. Yeah. I like that a lot. I think lot. they
2: mean the same thing. It's simply that like fullness, is using it to the full potential which means that you're like pretty freaking tired
1: and we're going to talk about north south colorado here for a little bit but that's that was kind of like the approach i went into it was wanting to like fully experience it and like it wasn't the mindset of i want to be destroyed at the end but it's more so like throughout the experience i want to put in my full effort to where at the end i'm i'm satisfied with Right. what I did yeah. and I think there is a crossover there where when you have that spin of I instead of like I want to be destroyed and empty versus I want to be I want to like fully experience it and then not want to do any more afterwards there's some kind of crossover where it mm-hmm. works out and that's yeah. that's what I found yeah. so between well, what you were just talking about and north south Colorado did you have anything else and when you went into North, South Colorado, was there any kind of switch in mindset or did it stay very, very similar to what you were just yeah. describing?
2: Yeah. Um, I didn't do any other bikepacking races between. I did a bunch of gravel parties, uh, like Mid-South and Grindero. Uh-huh. Um, Which
1: Grindero? You, you've you mentioned Grindero, because I know they have a lot of them. And yeah. Where does it shift where it is in California or is it always like Shasta?
2: um it historically has been in quincy but okay. uh now is at shasta okay. so, yeah, this was the first okay. year I at so shasta. it did shift
1: okay mm-hmm. good to know yeah okay
2: yeah so, yeah i just did a ton of goofy rides this spring um a lot of like long road slash mountain rides yeah mountain bike rides um and what does that look then, like then for you like
1: because people will be curious about that what is a long <laughs> what is a long ride for you? There, yeah.
2: just some like again just like feeling full like it's like okay how much daylight is there how much like the first long ride was like trying to ride because it was like march so it was like okay i want to like get to like the snow line of the mm-hmm. canyons like that's yep. as far up as you can go because there's still yeah. snow um so no that was like 70 but always a ton of elevation like riding out of salt lake and then did a lot of like would do like some road miles, like always on a gravel bike, but do like some road miles for like half the ride and then like switch bikes and do like a long mountain bike ride in like the afternoon. Um, and just like keeping it really fun. Um, and yeah, a lot of just like play.
0: So jumping into North to South Colorado, one of the questions I had is like, how do you There's like so many different bikepacking races out there. Like, how do you choose like what you're going to do? Like, what is your calendar look like? What are the things that you're kind of looking for where I feel like Big Lonely is like a pretty well-known event at this point. It's pretty well established with Jesse and Northwest Collective Mm -hmm. where North to South Colorado, we've talked about this before. It's pretty low key. It's like not super well-known. So like, how do you go about picking these events?
2: I don't even I think I heard about it last year, North South, and I was like, that's kind of goofy and fun.
1: It's just Um, like a fucking cool route, right? It's just like the fact that you ride across Colorado from the north border to south border.
2: Exactly. Um, and like I have family in Denver, and so it was also like, Oh, I get to see them if I do this race. This Um, is for
1: you family. Like, yeah. I was like, that's
2: so seriously like during the race i was like the faster i finish the more time i get to hang out with my family (laughs) but yeah i just like i it was a route that interested me interested me um and like time wise it worked out
1: yeah it just kind of sounded cool i understand that that was that was my appeal that was my only race of the year and it's because it sounded very cool
2: and that was like a big draw to it was like, oh, I've never been to these places. And like, I get to, and now I get to go see them. And yes, yeah, so like leading up to the race, I was like sending a bunch of friends who like had lived in various parts of Colorado. I was like, have you ever been on these roads? Um, like I have a friend who lived in Canyon City for a year. So I was yeah. like, have you have you been here? And she's like, out of oh, curiosity.
1: What were they saying? Were they like, oh yeah, totally. Or were they like, no, I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> Some, one of my friends was like, just confirmed that like yes there was a, a you know mercantile at like Lake George or whatever. <laughs> there's then, a place uh, that
1: exists there. Yeah. Psyching. There's confirm. a place that exists if you
3: got there before 2
2: p.m. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh but yeah it was good to just have like insight and um my friend Janie Hayes had ridden like half the route because she was planning on racing and so um was able to like chat with her and get like a ton of beta on just like those sections and um because she came back again, and
1: she's like you know what i need a mountain bike right yeah
2: exactly yeah so she rode she did like i think like two days of one day of i can't remember if it was one or two of each but like did a day on a gravel bike or two days on a gravel bike yeah. and then like her second trip out was like came back with her hardtail and i was like well i'm gonna divert because i love it <laughs> yeah. we'll see if that's wrong
3: yeah.
2: um but uh yeah so it was really just like going off her info and like at her recommendation like changed to a smaller chain ring like went to a 36 which is the smallest I could put on my cranks um and uh that was correct um
1: yeah, I agree with that yeah it's especially loaded down yeah
2: oh my god I'm just like yeah, I think I'm retiring my 40t my 42 chain ring
1: yeah no yeah you don't need that it's the <laughs>
2: days. Um, Yeah yeah I don't know if I answered your question at all, but I just rambled for
1: a while no, 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 that's great. so i at some at some point along the way, you had to realize I am leading the field for the women, you know did that it was
2: very confusing
1: did that okay, yeah, so first, let's dive into that. It was confusing. Why was it confusing?
2: well, so because starting out, I was like riding with like I was riding with like olivia and marie and then a few other folks at the start
3: mm-hmm. and
2: then i thought i thought that definitely marie was ahead of me i thought that olivia was ahead of me mm-hmm. and i thought that Jacqueline had probably passed me at some point
1: mm-hmm.
2: i was just like pretty sure of that it and you thought Jacqueline not...
1: had passed you like night one or just like throughout the day during like day throughout
2: one? the day throughout okay. the day because okay. like you know a couple points i like peeled off and like filtered water, you yeah. know, like different things like that. That I was like, there. There were times I wasn't on the road to notice. Totally. Um, and like not facts, just vibes. But I was like, I don't feel like people around on me. Um, and then I checked the tracker. I think when I got to Granby, and I was like, hmm, uh, curious Um, and then <laughs> that kind of spurred me. Also, because I was like, I don't super want to sleep anywhere here um and yeah. so then i made it to fraser the first Do you remember night. when you
1: were in granby like what time of day that was late
2: it was yeah. late. like i didn't get to fraser until like 2 or two thirty.
1: when did you stop in granby midnight and you're hitting up which place did you hit
3: <laughs>
2: we gonna come and go
1: oh yeah okay yeah that's where i was and, too. like
2: being like a I don't know, i'm like Pretty extroverted and also maybe being midwestern so i was uh-huh. like shouting up the cashier i was like oh have you like seen anybody else who like looked yeah. like me yeah.
1: you
2: know, in here? and the person just like has earbuds in and is like well, i don't know I was like, okay.
1: <laughs> like okay cool have you seen my friend yeah,
2: yeah. um but uh yeah so I probably made it to granby midnight ish
1: so that's right before the then, single track like you yeah hit single track to go over yeah which whatever, i like, kind of pass yeah i didn't know i had no idea either i had no like, idea
2: on the map and whatever and all the info is like the you know the like Granby fraser trail and i was like oh it must be like a cutie paved
1: path. it's the katie trail i'm thinking like the katie trail that's in southern missouri where it's like
3: yeah.
2: the
1: highest point is 376 feet elevation yeah. or something like that I was, I was like, like oh yeah, it'll be so cruising. nice yeah
2: um and then it was single track which was fun but different than i expected um and then, yeah, I made it to Frasier the first night. Yeah, I slept for, like, I think, like, three hours. And then when I woke up and checked the tracker, <laughs> then, uh, then Olivia was, like, five miles behind me, and I was like, we gotta go. That's what's <laughs> up.
1: Okay. That's a cool feeling to wake up and, like, um, no one has passed you, right? Like that's, yes. that's cool.
2: Yeah, I was like, we gotta go. Also, the coffee place opens soon, and I would like a burrito. Um... And so there was that also, because the coffee shop opened at six and I was like, hell yeah, I want a burrito. I want like real food. Yeah. But uh and then da-da-da. I don't know. So Rollins, Rollins pass, pass was happened. like
1: Yeah, so Rollins Pass was like mid-morning. Like how was your Rollins yeah. Pass experience? It was so pretty. Yeah, um, it seems like it probably was. Oh my god, were you there in the dark? <laughs> oh, it was so dark.
0: <laughs> oh, buddy, <She> saw nothing. <laughs> I saw nothing. I too also saw nothing. I don't know what Rollins' pass looks like at all. Yeah.
1: Ezra and I saw nothing, felt nothing. It was a very. <laughs> uh... <laughs> we we oh, could tell it's probably pretty cool. Uh, Justin McKinley, he took some photos. <gasps> oh my god, um, Justin's sweet fucking Justin, sweet cool. Justin, yeah. Okay, so that was like mid morning for you. That was before lunchtime for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then
1: you had a hike for you, it would have been like up and right, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And then you yeah. kind of like skip back down.
2: Yeah. yeah. It was great. Um, I called it the, the Rollins Pass Slip and Slide. It was kind of nice. Um, kind of loose coming down the back side of that. Um, and then it was fun because on the descent, I was. The like- descent
1: itself is like there's a fair share of like snow melt and almost like small streams running down it. Was that something you remember?
2: Yeah. I mean, it was kind of fun. It was kind of like, it was just, um, I was just like, all right, you're just going to take the path of least resistance, which the water has already found for you. And so it was just like riding through streams for a lot of the bottom.
0: Um, This is the difference between descending, in daylight when you can actually like see where you're going and descending in the middle of the night when you're whatever 12 14 hours into an effort and you're just like holding on for dear life and just trying not to die
2: yeah yeah i had a lot of like the descent was definitely rough like my hands and upper body were like could we not um but it was also really fun um it was fun just like um bop around uh the next pass sucked though Um,
0: this is the short little kicker like right after the river that's just like uh, comes out of nowhere and you end up pushing for 45 minutes
2: and it was somehow like a bazillion degrees
0: okay um
2: and it was just like peak daylight and i was just like walking my bike and i was like all right this is this is what we're doing that's okay and uh yeah i don't know eventually made it to idaho springs got more burritos
0: so when you see that you're like in the lead of this race Mm -hmm. does that like Mm -hmm change how you're writing are you able to like control that because that has been something like when i was in the lead of north to south colorado the number of times that i made just like really stupid decisions mm-hmm. and i almost just like totally lost it oh like, man amen amen you just like start doing stuff that like it's like you come in like with some sort of a game plan and then suddenly you're like leading this race and it's like game plans out the window i'm not sleeping two hours i'm you know just like almost yeah. a panic. Yeah. Or are you better at managing that?
1: <laughs> you had admitted, you admitted you were looking at dots at this point.
2: Yeah. I met well I looked at dots first. absolutely cuz I like I don't know, I'm curious we got cell service. And uh I think so like for me like the the entire first day my like mantra to myself was patience. It was like yeah. just be patient. It was like you're pushing too hard, just walk like refill your water like don't be don't be dumb um take care and, of
3: yourself
2: yeah exactly like i have like written on my stem cap like like take care of your body take care of your bike cuz it's <laughs> just nice. like that is it's very simple um and uh yeah so like that was my mo- like motto the whole first day and then the second day was like really slow just like terrain wise was really slow between like rollins and the short pass after um and had like you know kind of a slow time like getting through idaho springs because it's just like a weird time portal
1: trap right um, yeah no total doubt. trap yeah
2: um but i did get burritos so whoop, the, At the gas station um, gas
1: station burritos no
2: i got me- like burritos from the mexican restaurant which one i don't know the answer to that
1: question
0: okay okay Nice. Andrew's went- just planning for his return next year. He wants to know all the spots. Like he's man, I he's swear planning. next
1: next year I'm not going to be fucking moving furniture. I can go faster. <laughs> That's
2: gonna be so good. Um, <laughs> no, I did. Mark's the, I, gonna like, change
1: the route again. Who knows? Probably. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I like went
2: to the restaurant. I like asked like the person at the host stand. I was like, "Can I get two burritos wrapped in foil to go?" They said, "Yeah, it'll be 15 minutes." And I said, "Great." And I went to the gas station. Like did the rest of the rodeo. Damn! Um, What was the rodeo at the gas station? Oh, the usual, you know, being a A little. A lot of people don't know what the
1: usual is.
2: Okay, the usual for me: you walk in. No, the usual first step one: get rid of your trash. Step two: establish how much empty water, how much water capacity I have. Okay. Uh, Step three: enter the gas station, Uh, (laughs) and then you're just like a little. It's kind of like being a raccoon in a trash bin. Um, And you're just like, what sounds good? You know, usually get, depending on the temperature, either getting like a sweet, chewy thing or a salty, crunchy thing or a chocolate thing. Depends on the temp. A Red Bull, perhaps. Um, Yeah, pack it on the bike and be on your way. Maybe a
0: Pop-Tart. So there's nothing burritos maybe this is the answer to that question or this question but there's nothing that you like crave when you're like approaching a resupply that you're just like so excited about this one item none of that
2: no because i've i've like been fooled too many times like i've been there's like been the thing i'm like hankering for and then it's not there and so it's just like it is better to be pleasantly surprised by what is available yeah like in granby i got like pineapple because i was like that sounds good but yeah. I don't usually have like a particular got through like up and over that like next climb into, and then into evergreen. But, uh, yeah. And then I ended up getting to, uh, outside of like just before the North Fork trail that night. Okay. Um, there's a really lovely pit toilet. Nice. Um, because I had zoomed in on trail forks and I was like, Oh, there's a proper trailhead. They're probably bathrooms. Um, and then it turned out that the bathrooms had an outlet, and so during my nap in this micro cabin, I also got to charge all my stuff.
0: That is a next level pit toilet. That is next level. That's a rare occurrence, right?
2: But yeah. And then, so then it was great because I started the next day with the North Fork Trail and got did that like mostly in the dark, and then the sun rose like just towards the end. Um, just beautiful, and. um some
0: other stuff <laughs> happened <laughs> yeah Yeah. so no throughout doubt. the rest of the course was there any you're in the lead any other crazy experiences any like decisions that we mm. talked about a little bit earlier that you're like that was a mistake i didn't stick with the plan anything like that mm. or was it i i'm not gonna say smooth sailing but yeah like you got um, that lead like so early like how did those like race yeah. dynamics play out because yeah
2: well, it was weird because so the night before i slept in the micro cabin i was like uh i think like a friend had texted me and it had come through of like that like olivia's tracker wasn't updating and then i was like oh i don't know where anybody is um and i think i was sitting like sixth overall at one point and i was like this is cool nice. um and uh it was just like it was hard to know like where people were because like trackers weren't updating and then also like a number of people had scratched by that point um which i was like oh i wanted to like hang out with you guys um but uh i don't know the biggest like not even like kerfuffle but just like pain point was like i had missed i had just i had decided not to stop in evergreen and but then the gas station in conifer was closed and then i got to deckers too early and it wasn't open for like another hour and so i ended up just like (laughs) so then i was like at deckers and i was like okay you it's eight o'clock the store opens at nine the fly fisherman guides do not have food to sell you because i did ask them and uh they're also very confused about what you're doing." But like, I knew that the next climb up and over into Lake George, I knew that that was going to take a long time. And I knew that I did not have enough food to get to Lake George. So I was like, okay, you're going to sit here and take a nap and charge your stuff. Um, and so I just like hung out in Deckers for an hour and did those things and like chatted with fly fishermen. And then eventually the store opened. Uh, so that was like the biggest, like, we are just, we are really spending We're just time. We're waiting. We're yeah, just on standby. in a way by. I don't love um yeah so that was like the toughest like just like oh like should i shouldn't i like oh like, well you are kind of see now you're kind of committed you've been here for half an hour you lake george. Well, like george i'm trying lake to lake remember
1: george. what all is in lake george what oh all? i'm
2: glad you brought it up there yes. is a there is a <laughs> is it store? like a strip
1: mall is it like a big strip mall right there no
2: i mean maybe but is it
1: so. no okay Is Lake george Moore like george more where there's like one general store and maybe a restaurant and that's it
2: there's a general store and then there's like a barbecue restaurant
1: okay okay
2: and okay. in my research yep the general store was supposed to be open until three Yep. and i like literally i hauled to get there it was like i like saw mark and karen they're like count up on like the pass before it and it was like it was like two fifteen, and i had like 12 miles to go or something and i was like love to chat i need to go to the store uh and yeah i got so i got there like whatever like i think like 259 but they had closed at two because it was fourth of july uh there was no one there so then i went to the barbecue restaurant um and i am both vegetarian and lactose intolerant and so
1: (laughs) (laughs) they immediately are like we hate you um we might have <laughs> no, some person lettuce. The working
3: was so nice.
2: There might be some up, lettuce
1: for our hamburgers we can oh give you. Oh, my
2: God. <laughs> I, like, look at the menu, and I was like, uh, and I go to the the woman working, and I said, so I'm vegetarian. And she goes, okay. And I said, so this is going to be kind of a weird order. And she goes, I figured. <laughs> um, <laughs>
3: just like, it was a very,
2: but, I, you know, so I left with some baked potatoes, some potato salad, coleslaw, some bread, and a cup. Um, not lightweight foods, but um, really delicious.
1: Yeah, no doubt.
2: Um, yeah, and then made it to Evergreen Station, which was a little while later, and there ran into Zach, uh, who then we ended up riding together for like most of the next two days. Um, I, like walk in because I was like blazing past this gas station, and I look and I realize there's like a bike with stuff on it, and I was like,
3: I'd be doing what I'm doing.
2: Um, and I walk in and Zach's like in there charging his stuff.
3: And I am like, How's it going? He's like, Good.
2: Uh <laughs> and then we ended up riding all that night. We like descended shelf road in the dark, which was so cool. Um You did that together. Yeah, nice. It was wild. Cause you know, we had like both of our lights, but like by that point it was like midnight or later. And so like my eyes were playing such weird tricks of like just like the shadow of like his headlamp. I like kept thinking there were like coyotes around um and it was cool because you like you knew that like you could you know you can just kind of feel that like the road like drops off um like you know that there's like nothing on this side of you and it's like okay um and uh yeah made it to canyon city at 2 30 a.m uh that's
1: like a really special time to do that like skyline drive whatever it is it was so disorienting yeah
2: did you go over that
1: yeah yeah Oh it was like God. around a similar God. time. It might have been like one a m or something, but, yeah, it was it uh, was super cool.
3: It, it felt like
2: Rainbow Road and Mario Kart
1: hundred <laughs> percent. and when I like got down into the city itself, it was everyone's disoriented. Like the bars are doing their last call. And so like people yeah. are walking around all drunk and stuff. And I'm like, just trying to get to the the gas station that's still open. And so yeah. I had people filtering in that were like hammered, but yeah, yeah. that's that's a really cool Dude, that if you could hit that wild. at night. Oh my God. It's so cool.
3: Yeah.
1: It was wild.
0: So finishing North to South Colorado, was this your first bike racing victory first win?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Nice. Hell Congratulations. Yeah. How did that feel? Yeah. Like, what was the sensation of that?
2: um yeah it was really uh I mean it was so novel and it's also like so I decided not to sleep the last night and so the entire the entire day getting to Trinidad I was like falling asleep on my bike um
1: what was the final push where where was the like the moment of like I am pushing from here all the way to Trinidad where was was that
2: um because I got to Walzenberg at like midnight, made it like six miles out of town, slept for like 20 minutes. And then I was like, I think I feel pretty good. I think I can keep trying to ride. That lasted for like an hour. And then I took like two more, like 20 minute naps, just like literally in ditches. Um
3: And I'm so tired, my God.
2: I was think I just like wasn't eating enough because it was like nighttime and whatever. So I think I was just like so depleted in so many ways. But anyway, so like getting to Trinidad, I was just like mostly asleep. Um, and then like finishing like i ran into like andrew and jacob at the state park
1: yeah um, that's right
2: and i was just like oh i am almost done okay um but yeah it felt really good it felt really good because i was like very much not expecting it like the other like women who lined up i was like "Y'all are friggin contenders like this could be really really spicy um and so it felt really novel and then also kind of bittersweet so I was like I wanted all my friends to keep riding and like for various reasons like folks had to scratch and I was like that's a bummer like I wanted them to get here too but uh yeah it was really nice to like finish like have the win and like my brother met me in Trinidad and was able to like hang out there for a bit and like get pizza and um so yeah it felt really cool
3: really good yes. nice. also that's so awesome.
2: tired oh my god I just like Andrew, I don't even know. Like, I was listening to like your up about this of like how you like wandered around and like ended up like still eating gas station food.
1: Oh, that's exhausting! My gas station food. Apart from, uh, I had Taco Bell and Walzenberg. You you brought up Walzenberg, I think. Um,
2: um, but like at the end, didn't you like there like wasn't someplace open? Was that the oh, story? Oh my gosh!
1: So um, yeah, I don't think we talked about this in the other podcast, but Randy had this like really baller one up bike stand in front of his jeep and then like a two bike stand behind his jeep Mm -hmm. and i did not know how to operate either one of them apparently and i was like i was fine but then at some point i was not fine and i ended up putting my bike in front of the jeep and i could not see shit because there's just a bike directly in front of me outside the windshield and so i'm going oh my god i'm going 10 miles an hour outside of like downtown trinidad and I saw several cops. I'm like, I'm gonna get pulled over so hard right now. And I don't know what to say. Cause like I
3: don't know I'm how not, to explain it. I'm,
1: I'm like, I'm not actually drunk. I'm not actually high, but I'm so destroyed right now. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like God. I was fine, but it was like at the same time, I wasn't fine. Like as soon as like all the adrenaline releases yeah. is over, like I talked to Mark and his wife, and it was awesome. And like I was very coherent. But as soon as it like turned into like, no, you're not like actually trying to accomplish yeah. anything right now. It like started going downhill pretty quickly from there. And I missed the the McDonald's close. Like I was there 15 oh, minutes no. before McDonald's closed, but I talked to Mark and his wife until they closed. And, uh, so I got like a can of bean dip from, uh, the gas station <laughs> and some Fritos <laughs> was like my victory meal.
2: I can't, but believe- I just like the idea of like trying to like Locomote yourself anywhere from that finish line is like so overwhelming to me. Yeah, I,
1: like, no doubt. My
2: brother, like, we like drove and got pizza, and then we were driving home, like, driving back to Denver to his house. and I like fell asleep in the passenger seat so hard that I like woke myself up
3: from drooling,
2: and it was just like, okay, we're awake. And then we got back to his house, and I slept until 2 p.m. the next day. Uh, I was like supposed to like meet a friend, and I was like, okay,
1: we're gonna have to push that back uh, to four. <laughs> I guess like one of my final questions would be going into 2023. What's your plans as both an individual and as an organization with what you're working with? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, with wild composite, we are in the throes of figuring that out. Um, Mm -hmm. we're trying to figure out like roster sponsors and all that for next year, but, um, we're really targeting, Like, we're looking at returning to it definitely, like, Mid-South and Gowda, Nebraska. Um, Looking at going to, like, more races that are, like, continuing to, like, work really heavily with inclusion. um, And, like, have that precedent, like, have that space, have that community support. Um, And then solo, I, like, want to do, because I'll do, like, doing Smoke and Fire, and then I'm going to do Big Lonely again. Nice. um
0: so you're just not slowing down that's it slows down after <laughs> october just keep on stacking up the bike packing races just keep on packing them on
2: it's um you know if you if you never unpack you don't have to repack Um uh, true, true which is honestly my plan between so, smoke and fire so and truly ones. it's like, like
1: honestly you're just very lazy
2: <laughs> no but i do clean everything like really thoroughly <laughs> like i have to like get home and like immediately like clean things fair nice. um but uh yeah gotta do a thorough pack in sorry to my bike mechanic um and uh yeah but next year like solo I really want to do like routes I haven't done before and like what I learned like similarly like learning through north south is like I love that like through doing north south I like got to spend so much time with my family in Denver and like I got to see like so many friends in Denver like that made it so much better because i was like okay the race is going to be really great and then i get to like see my family and then i get to like see this friend i haven't seen in two years um and like that's a big draw to big lonely too Is like having friends in bend i want to go see and so that i think is coming in more with like like pinions and pines is really attractive because i have friends like in flag and like the grand canyon like i want to go see them (laughs) and so like this is a way to like see my friends and play bikes um and uh yeah so i want to do more of that of like places i haven't been. And like people, I want to see and like nurture those friendships.
1: Have you ridden bikes in Arkansas yet?
2: No. Would you like to pitch me on it?
1: One hundred percent. I think next year you should come do the Arkansas High Country race.
2: I think so too. And I'm that route intimidates me for several hey, reasons. If it's not off
1: the table for this year, I would even pitch it for this year.
2: I know. I know. It's too bad they're the same weekend. I just need a time turner so I can like tel- teleport between them,
1: yeah why does it is definitely why does it intimidate you?
2: I think the I'm a desert baby, and so the like humid rainy
1: yeah yes yeah. yep
2: um mm-mm. which is always and, a potential
1: that time of year it's like yeah you're less you're further away from the potential of it but there is the the chance of it no matter what you're going to be hanging out in the woods for a long time yeah and uh it's probably going to be humid at some point
2: yeah but i do have a lot of friends in arkansas i want to come Mm see um so yeah it's definitely appealing i think the like the terrain like you know you're good at what you're used to and so Mm -hmm. like living in utah like you know doing like crock pot mode up a climb for like 20 miles feels fine okay. um doing like rollers feels less fine and so that is like yeah would just be something to like prepare for mentally and physically but
3: we'll see it's not off the table for 2023
0: i also have one last question okay Tour Divide 2019 didn't complete that itt is there yeah. any thoughts about going back in the future or you kind of just yeah. sort of done okay yeah
3: <laughs>
2: sorry to cut you off oh. yeah i mean that like what draws me to the divide like i think you know things in like the sub week distance are really really fun and what draws me to something like as long as the divide is what i was able to tap into like leading backpacking trips is that like it's long enough that you are able to like develop and like execute in your system like you are able to like get to this point where like you know your systems really, really well, and then you have time to like use those and like really kind of excel in like maximum like efficiencies and like the way that you have things set up and you have time to change things if they aren't working um and you have time to just like enjoy that and I just love like. I love the speed that you move on a bike. I love the like how many people you can interact with on it in a day um, and different like ways to engage with the landscape. And I think that like something as long as the divide is like such a cool way to do that.
0: Yeah. It's a very like immersive experience where yeah. with other races, you know, pinions and pines, that's like right. two, three days. Like, right. yes, you're like immersed in it, but yeah. there's also like you don't have time to like settle into it where with the divide, the longer races you very much do. So.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It is very attractive. Awesome. Well, that's all
0: I've got. Hannah, thanks for doing this. This has been great. Andrew, thanks for making an appearance on the podcast. I'm sure the listeners (laughs) love it. It's good to have you back, bud. Hey, soon.
1: Hey, soon. There might be, I might have some more freedom here soon. Um, It's always a pleasure. And I'm, I'm really thankful for, uh, what you're doing, Ezra and chugging along in the meantime, Hannah. Yeah. Super appreciate you hopping on. Yeah.
3: Um, thanks for having me. Your perspective
1: is really cool. And, um, yeah, this has been a blast.
0: I've had a good time
1: for sure. Yeah.
2: Thanks y'all.
0: Thanks everybody. This has been episode 21 of the bike pack racing podcast.